Thank you uh, for joining us for episode 25 of Head Start. This is a weekly podcast to help Liberty's adult and student ministry life group leaders and, well, anyone else who chooses to listen to prepare for the upcoming lesson. Uh, as we um, were entering into college football season, prior to the season starting, uh, I ask you guys your uh, predictions and thoughts on the upcoming season. And of course, Brian was like, you know, uh, Miami's going to win it all. Well, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I was realistic. At least I'd like to think that I was. That maybe Auburn would win more games this year than they did last year. That's yet to be seen. Uh, but here's the question: We have three weeks left in the remaining season. At the time of the recording, three w- weeks remaining in the regular season. So the question is: Of the current top ten, which of those top ten? will be the top four to be in the playoffs. So that's the question for conversation. Yeah, let me just get on the record quick here, okay? Uh, As a Miami fan, uh, you learn short-term memory loss. It's like being a quarterback, uh, you you know, throw an interception, hey, man, you got to forget it and move on, right? So uh, I really do just still think uh, that Miami has an outside chance. We've got three fluke losses, uh, but I, you know, at the time of this recording, we've got Florida State this weekend, and, you know, I'm expecting a dominant win that just really upsets the apple cart of the uh, committee for the following Tuesday. (laughs) Um, On the real... If they were to beat... Florida State, would they make it into the top 25? No. Uh, <laughs> no, I uh, I anticipate that um, Georgia will take care of business through the rest of the season, including beating Alabama in an SEC championship game. Wow. Uh, okay. Much to my dismay. Uh, I don't think, yeah, I, I think Ohio State's probably got what they need to win out. Uh, I think Florida State will be okay to the end. Uh, And I really think Washington's playing well. So I know that that's the wrong move by choosing teams that are all right there in the top five that don't have to play each other. But that's what I'm that's what I'm seeing at the moment. So you're going to push Michigan out of who is currently. Yeah, Michigan and Ohio State got to play each other. So one of them is going to is going to drop. Okay, All right. Tim, do you have thoughts on this? Have thoughts? No good thoughts. Uh, I think Alabama's going to win out and really oh, mess up oh, the committee. There it is. Uh, okay. They're going to have to decide what do we do with a Georgia team with one loss. Yes. Uh, what do we do with an SEC championship team with one loss? Yeah. And uh, they seem to be a little bit anti-SEC, so uh, they'll do everything they can to uh, eliminate both of them possibly. But Michigan yeah. and Ohio State, one of them a drop. Uh, I think I think Washington and Oregon are sitting in in good seat to s- slide in. Seems like Oregon is a favored team of the committee, and yeah. so um, I think Bo Nix. I think Oregon's going to slide into that top four and play off. Uh, and there you go. It's either going to be Georgia or Alabama uh, representing SEC. Uh, and, uh, if, if Miami beats Florida state, uh, which, Hey, it could happen. <laughs> then you got Washington in there. So I'll, I'll go, um, Alabama slash Georgia. Uh, I'd go Ohio state and then Washington and Oregon and just throw a curveball. How about that? Is there, right. is there a way that Alabama and Georgia could be in the final four? Is that possible? It's possible, but not with the committee's mindset. Yeah, you need some other teams to lose for that to happen, I think. Well, either Michigan or Ohio State's going to lose. 
living in the fluke of uh, Miami, Florida State. Man, I love you guys right now. This is, <laughs> hey, if that happens, look to the skies. We we got this podcast may not get listened to. <laughs> but, uh, but Alabama doesn't. I don't. Is there a road for them to get above Texas, Oregon, Washington? I don't know if there's a path. I think SEC championship is your only path, and that that carries weight. Particularly, you know, it'd have to be a defeat over Georgia, and that's an undefeated Georgia, an undefeated Georgia. Yeah. So, and then then it could potentially be like um, Alabama uh, three and Georgia four. Yeah, could be, but who knows? Uh, I don't see it. Yeah, Alabama, they got to get by Kentucky first and then Auburn second. So. Oh, well, you know. Cats, where, man. Where's the Auburn-Alabama game? I don't know. It is in Auburn. It's in so, Auburn. Uh, yes. that, oh, boy. That's an it's equalizer. That's the only hope that Auburn has. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> okay, well, I, I don't really I have not kept up with any of this, and you guys have educated me so far. I have watched less college football this year than – Maybe in a really long time, for sure. Good for you. Uh, so um, my knowledge here is very limited. So I don't know that I can really have an educated. I'll just say, let's, how interesting would it be for Georgia and Alabama to be three and four, and then uh, Michigan, because everybody hates Michigan right now. That would be they a lot cheat. Of fun. Yeah. Huh? So they cheat. Well, there's that. It's <laughs> cheating. You ain't trying, you know. Yeah. So what if, what if, let's the word of what if, what if Michigan and Florida State were one and two? Wow. Okay. Well, there's things to, things to ponder. Yeah. Things to consider. Mm. Um, so probably, mm, most certainly more important things to ponder and yep. more important things to consider as we continue our meandering through the book of Pahalipipians. Uh, uh, this coming Sunday, we'll be focusing on chapter 4, verses 14 through 18. And Brother Tim is going to uh, walk us through this passage as we continue our time together. Good deal. We'll jump in and uh, just have four verses to uh, cover, but they are packed full with uh, what we've seen already transpire in Philippians as Paul brings it to closure. Uh, He does so with a heartbeat of gratitude. It's kind of that thank you note that he began with in gratitude, uh, being grateful for their partnership in the mission and the gospel mission. And now he is expressing gratitude to them, particularly for their financial support of him. And so there, there are three key words that I want to center around. One of them is partnership. I want to talk about their partnership with the Apostle Paul uh, in the gospel mission and how that happened. The other one is because of their partnership, uh, there's spiritual fruit. And so there's fruitfulness that Paul desires for these believers. He desires them to progress in their faith and be obedient to the Lord and and abound in spiritual fruit far more than even the financial gift that he received. And the last one is um, learning how to be part of this gospel mission as an act of worship. And so we'll see those things and wording that Paul chooses uh, be magnified. But we began uh, in verse 14, as we pick up from that familiar verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, Paul comes back and says, nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. That's the New King James. Uh, And as Paul makes that connection, really he's reaching back and 
And going back to verse 10 and the conversation that he began of rejoicing in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. And so he goes back and reaches that gift of partnership that they have demonstrated through their financial uh, means of giving to him and the gift that Epaphroditus brought to them. And so uh, they are partners in this gospel mission uh, not just in prayer, not just by good wishes, wish you well and hope things go well, but by sacrificially giving. And so Paul is indicating to us, I think, that there is a, a significant relationship between our financial gifts toward the gospel mission uh, as it relates to a partnership to those that we give to. Uh, we've got a lot of IMB missionaries that uh, we are ramping up this time of the year, getting ready for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering that is a designated offering that we give to the Lord through His church for these missionaries on the ground. And and so as we pray for them and as we give financially for that mission to continue, taking the gospel to the ends of the earth, uh, we become partners with them. So the mission that they're doing, boots on the ground, wherever they are on the face of the globe, is something that we have interest in, that we're a partner with. And uh, and so Paul is magnifying uh, this as he brags on these believers, and, and he says, you have done well that you shared in my distress. And so I don't want us to skip over that quickly. Uh, when Paul says, you have shared in my distress, that, that comes from that, that root word koinonia, that you have fellowship, you have in common with me, my affliction or my distress. And, and that is a term of hardship. Uh, it, when he took the gospel to Philippi, uh, he did so uh, with opposition. And there were uh, elements of distress and hardship and affliction that they experienced together in Philippi. And and so they know that. But as he went from Philippi, 95 or so miles to Thessalonica, he experienced opposition and hardship there. But these believers uh, that heard the gospel, received the gospel, whose lives were changed, they were partnering with Paul in Philippi, but their partnership continued as he left and, and Philippi and went to other places. Um, as, as we hear uh, Paul in verse 15, he says, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. And so, again, he leans in that to their faithful partnership with them and reminding us that uh, they not only were partners in Philippi, but as he left and went to Thessalonica, they were partners. And then in this context, and though they've been quiet for a little while, and uh, their, their giving partnership may have remained dormant like a tree uh, going into the winter months becomes dormant. Uh, Paul says, springtime has come. Uh, you have flourished again in your care for me. And so he is thanking them for that gift. And and so he's bragging on them, thanking them for their sacrificial giving. And I just want to push pause there and remind life group leaders, uh, go back and read 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. Yep. It'll good. give you some really good background as to 
the meaning of the gift from these believers in Macedonia. The, the province of Macedonia was very, very poor. Yep. Through the years, it had been ravaged by war, plundered by the Romans, and, and the believers in Macedonia really were living in poverty. They were not living in abundance. And so when you read 2 Corinthians 8, uh, you get an idea of the poverty that they were living in. But Paul says, hey, in spite of the poverty, they were amazingly generous. And there were three main congregations probably in Macedonia that Paul was thinking about. And one was Philippi, uh, this group of believers. One was Thessalonica, where he went after Philippi, and then the other one was Berea. And so in Corinthians, Paul is using the testimony of giving of the Macedonian believers who were living in poverty, but yet they were giving with generosity, and he used that testimony to motivate the Corinthian believers, hey, the gift that you talked about and started collecting for, you need to finish it. Finish what you started, and let me just hold up these believers in front of you as a testimony they gave generously, one, regardless of their circumstances. Right. And they gave generously because of the grace of God. Let me just read Second uh, Corinthians 8, 1. Paul says, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches in Macedonia. Yeah, uh, I could put it this way. They never got over the gospel transformation in their life. That's good. What the gospel did for them, they are remaining forever grateful for God's grace and the gift of salvation. And what motivated their giving in a life that they didn't have much, they were living in poverty, uh, is the grace of God and the gospel transformation. And I think we would do well to remind our believers, our motivation Forgiving is what God has done in our life through Christ, that gracious gift of salvation through Christ. And so uh, that motivation of grace giving because of the gospel transformation in our life uh, is a giving that will happen regardless of your circumstances financially in life, whether you have little or you have much. And these believers were a great example that in their poverty— uh, they gave generously, not according to their ability, but beyond their own ability. And and so just a great example of, of a heart of generosity as we as we think about who we are as at Liberty Baptist Church, we say one of our values is generosity, not greed. Right. Uh, these Macedonian believers were really living that out uh, in a life of a bare minimum. Yeah. And so Paul is is saying to them, thank you. Yeah. Uh, you have set an example, but you have been partnered with me uh, in ministry. And uh, there was a time that, that you were the only group of believers yeah. that I had invested in that were giving as well as receiving. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paul's heartbeat for them is that I want you to progress in this faith that you have. I want you to grow. I want you to grow in righteousness. I want you to grow in this partnership of helping advance the gospel to the ends of the earth. And um, not only generosity over greed, they set that bar high and set an example, but as disciples of Jesus Christ, uh, we uh, push ourselves to grow as helpers who give generously. 
And uh, that's one of our measures as a disciple. And they were, to Paul, partners in the mission, uh, but they were helpers who gave sacrificially and, and gave generously to the mission, and they did it often. Um, and they were not the group of believers that received and did nothing in return. There you go. Our churches are full of those who profess to be children of God who sit and receive and soak it all in and enjoy it all and give nothing back in return. And so life group leaders, I think this is opportunity to say, hey, uh, it, this, as we have received God's grace and as, as we have received the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it has impacted our life, uh, the natural overflow of our gratitude for what God has done is giving. And it's giving of time and talent, but it's also giving of our treasure. And uh, so when, when a person is receiving from the Lord, the natural overflow that comes from the heartbeat of our Savior is to, is to give in return, yep. uh, sacrificially and selfless, selflessly. Uh, they're practicing here esteeming others over themselves mm. because when they gave, they had to sacrifice something perhaps they needed in order to uh, give together an offering. And so Paul looked at them. He said, hey, you are what, uh, you are true partners. You're what a partner looks like. It's not, I'm going to bless you and send you off in a prayer and forget about me, but you have remained with me through my afflictions uh, and through your partnership, not just in prayer and empathy, but also financial giving. And so uh, there is a strong link here uh, that we see in the body of Christ that from the very beginning, they have always pulled their resources together to advance the gospel mission. And so we need to see that. Then fruitfulness, verse 17 is uh, the the key verse there. And uh See if I can find it here on my screen. It says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. That's the ESV. Not that I seek the gift, the financial gift that you gave me. It's not that he didn't appreciate it. He did. He said, but what I really seek is the fruit that increases to your credit. Mm -hmm. Um, Paul appreciated their gift, but far greater than uh, the help that it meant for him financially, he said, I, I seek the fruit uh, of the gift on your behalf spiritually. And, and uh, again, this is reaching back to his desire for them to progress in their faith, to grow in every component. And part of that growing is in giving. And the, the wording of increasing to your credit uh, in the Greek is a pre- uh, present participle. And so it implies there is a continuing multiplication or compounding interest when you lean into that financial term credited to your account. So everywhere Paul preached the gospel and to everyone who heard, received, and trusted in Christ, uh, the, the investment of their gift to Paul was compounding in interest. In other words, they're storing up for themselves through that gift treasures in heaven and not just on earth. Going back to Jesus' instruction to us in Matthew 6 in the Sermon on the Mount. So uh, Paul is commending them, but his heartbeat for them, what really brought him joy is that, hey, you're progressing in your faith and and there is a a blessing that will, will be in the kingdom of heaven 
that is yours because of your obedience in giving. It increases to your credit. And so I think that that's part of uh, our uh, perspective that we need to have as believers that when we give uh, mm. our tithe, our offering to the Lord, a designated gift like to Lottie Moon, we do so believing that as that is given toward the gospel mission, whatever fruit comes through that gift and the gospel mission is is something that that we are credited to be part of. Yeah, and only heaven's going to reveal. Uh, the magnitude of those kind of gifts. As you give to the Lord for the gospel mission, uh, as, whether it supports his evangelist or his missionaries or the ministries through the local church uh, to keep the mission going. And so he was excited about that. But last in verse 18, he says, I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent. Paul is saying, hey, I got your payment. And hey, it wasn't just enough. It was enough to pay me in full, to meet every need, to the point of overflowing. And then he changed gears a little bit, talking about their partnership and rejoicing of their fruitfulness. He said, this kind of giving is spiritual worship because he uses from Old Testament language and sacrificial language um, offerings that are well-pleasing to the Lord. It is a fragrant offering, uh, an aroma that is is uh, sweet and, and satisfying to our God. It's a sacrifice that is acceptable. It is pleasing to God. It, uh, I think of Romans 12, 1 and 2, when I hear sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God, where Paul encourages believers to offer your bodies to the Lord a living Good. sacrifice. Yeah. That's pleasing, and that is acceptable. Hmm. What he's saying to them, your partnership in this gospel mission financially, that is an act of worship. It is pleasing, and it is acceptable unto the Lord. And and I think we need to encourage our our life group members to understand that, that giving from the believer's heartbeat is motivated by grace because of the gospel transformation that we've experienced uh, but it is an act of worship to the yeah. Lord. We should want to give financially, acknowledging that God's the owner of it all, that all that we are and all that we have is by His grace. And if we can be a part of this gospel changing somebody else's life, then we're going to do everything we can to be a part. And it and it's part of my worship. As, yeah. as I give financially to the Lord, the Bible tells us that it's pleasing and acceptable to God. That is an acceptable offering to Him. And so, Life Group leaders, I'd encourage you to use this Sunday to share your story about giving. Mm. Uh, encourage your Life Group uh, members to be a part of the gospel mission. And yep. they can, every one of them, based on the Macedonians' example, it doesn't matter how poor you are, That's right. you can still give something toward this gospel mission. Yeah. And there you cannot outgive God and it is more joyful to give than to receive. And and we know that that is a biblical principle. Paul lived it out and he's applauding these believers being faithful partners for their progress in the faith and giving and what that means for them in eternity. They're storing up treasures in heaven, spiritual fruit. And he's excited because what they have done is worship 
their God and honored him by generous giving. And so uh, we'll do well to uh, learn from their example and uh, hear those words of commendation, not from Paul, but from our Savior who might say to us one day, well done, good and faithful servants. Just fantastic stuff all around, Pastor Tim. And um, man, I think of a church that I, you know, that I know of that actually incorporates their giving time kind of into their musical worship time that they have from right. Sunday to Sunday. So the wording is, you know, we sing the praises of our God who's worthy of them, and we bring our first and best just to kind of tie those concepts of worship and and giving together. So I think that's I think that's a great point. Great question uh, in the life group curriculum. I'm looking at page 27 uh, on today's curriculum. And the question that um, that's asked is, how do you think the Philippians were affected by hearing that their support made a difference, right? So when they hear those words from Paul being read aloud in their worship service where he says, hey, I got it. I got it in full. I'm fully supplied. In fact, I went from kind of being in need to now I have an abundance. How did that make the Philippians feel? And then what might this encourage them toward? Um, and so life group leaders, let me just point you to a resource real quick, if I can, um, man, go to imb.org uh, and go at the top of the page. There's a resources drop down. go to their 2023 global impact guide. You can pull that up and it will give you, you know, kind of some flashpoint statistics of, man, when you give at Liberty, because we participate in, uh, in the cooperative program uh, and together all of our churches give to this, you can get a glance at what happens uh, as, as we good. do this together. And just to fire some off for you, there are 3,500, well, in, in 2022, because of what we gave in 2022, there are 3,521 missionaries who are supported with comprehensive care uh, because of Southern Baptist giving. 728,589 people heard the gospel mm. in 2022 from that 178,177 actually became new believers that we recorded 21,231 ch- new churches were planted all around the world 102,000 plus baptisms 146,000 people received leadership training i mean the work that we get to participate in bears fruit just like tim was saying and so man share that with your group and encourage them that when you give it makes a eternal difference, That's an eternal good. impact. Uh, so, just want to want to want to push you toward thinking, that. Uh, you know, because we have a missions house, uh, different missionaries, IMB missionaries who have been uh, lived uh, on our property, and if we have worshipped together, I can think of the Sharps. Yep. Uh, what are some others that we could? The Lutes are there right leads. now, about yep. about yep. get ready to go back. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, so that you know, just that uh, tangible in person. Uh, IMB missionaries, because we give to that, is is uh, we can have connection with. That's exactly right. I think uh, as you move into the section on discussing our measures as a church, those marks of discipleship, how we know that we're growing into the image of Jesus. I mean, the best one to hit from this passage, and and, and we're going to hang out here, you know, through the month of December as well, uh, is going to be a helper who gives generously, right? So that first one, how can you be a helper and encourage someone to become a gospel partner with others? Uh, and let me specify that maybe a little bit to talk about uh, treasure and get in the business of finances. Uh, man, how can you be a helper who gives generously being a gospel partner with Liberty Baptist or with um, you know the International Mission Board, with the North American Mission Board? How can you get in the game, take a next step to be more in the game, and as a life group leader, encourage your people to, uh, to do the same? I think having a discussion 
discussion about that. It's uncomfortable. It's it's in our business. Uh, but man, you know, again, that verse from from Paul. Hey, I, we're not seeking the gift from you. We're right. seeking the fruit that abounds on your behalf. Right. We want this uh, for you, not not from you. Yeah, and, and ultimately, our desire is that we don't just sit in a semicircle and read some a really cool story and then, wow, that was neat, and then go about our business. Our hope is that we can then apply its truth, the truth of Scripture, to our lives. So I'll live it out this week. There's two. The first is spending time this week um, evaluating how you can more effectively partner with your faith family at Liberty for the sake of the gospel. Then take one concrete action uh, to change things this week. Mm. So through the lens of the passage of Scripture that we just looked at, what's a way that maybe God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the power of His Word, is speaking into your life now in in what change needs to take place uh, in this coming week? And then secondly, uh, this month, share your story with the person you've been intentionally engaging for the sake of the gospel. Share your story right? Uh, so um, just those encouragements as we think about living out the truth of God's Word um, as we go walk off the campus, walk out of the living room into the week to apply the truth of God's Word to our lives. So um, very important that we cover those with our groups. Uh, and then as we close our time together today, uh, Brian's going to share with us a couple of really quick announcements. So last week I got to put on my Matt Adams cap and do my best introduction to the podcast. Uh, this week I get to put on my best Kyle Valer cap and yep. see how I do with the announcements. There's two things we want you guys to know, be aware of, and maybe mention to your life groups as well. Uh, the first one is that, um, man, it is mid-November by the time you're listening to this podcast. Christmas is around the corner, which means that some of our Christmas generosity initiatives are uh, kicking up. And so we do want you to be aware of the uh, Shelby Baptist Christmas gift shop, which is uh, getting ready to roll. Again, let me point you to a website. You can go to our website this time, lbcchelsea.com slash events, and you'll see the Shelby uh, Baptist Association Christmas gift shop mentioned there. Really three ways that you can participate, and it's all summed up in those three words that we've heard before, pray, give, and go. Uh, I want you to partner with them in prayer uh, to pray for the ministry of the Christmas gift shop. People get saved uh, as they hear the gospel through the gift shop every year. So let's be in prayer. Uh, we want you to uh, to give to it in our event hall outside of our worship venues. There will be a Christmas tree uh, that you can take an ornament from, so to speak, and then you can purchase the item that's listed on there for the gift shop. Uh, and then certainly if you want to help out in another way, uh, y- you can go um, and you can go and be a part of, of serving at the gift shop and just be in touch with us if, if you'd like to do that or if you know somebody who would. Secondarily, life group leaders, we are asking your life groups to participate in Christmas gift boxes that we're going to be giving to uh, Watwood Elementary School uh, underprivileged students. Uh, You should have received more information on that, picking it up from your box, a pamphlet of information. Uh, If you've not done that yet, then let me encourage you to make sure that you get that before this next weekend or uh, at this next weekend. Um, Some of you that have larger groups, you'll be responsible for a couple of boxes, but all of you have a box that we want you to fill up for these students. Uh, Those boxes need to be returned by December the 3rd. And so you want to go ahead and get a head start on that with, uh, with your groups. Yep. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Leaders, thank you for joining us for this podcast. And we're looking forward to seeing you on Sunday.